Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and welcome along. It is Monday, 8pm. It is the Live Lounge. And it is, boys, our final Live Lounge of 2022. And of course, it is the Christmas special. Gentlemen, how are we? Woo! Get us out of here! Everyone <laughs> <laughs> missed us way too much. Everyone is going to miss us way too much. The fact, should we work out? What is that? 19. Ooh. Is it? If we're doing the Wednesday after the world, there's 23 days between now and the next live round. Mad, isn't it? Absolute bonkers. A long time. It's over three weeks, yeah. and boys, you still won't do any work in that time. <laughs> How are we doing, mate? You're right. You good? <laughs> to be yeah, honest, still looking. We had, we had a brief chat before we come on about the uh, festive jumpers, and Dob wasn't ready. Dob, to be honest, on the string, it still looks like you're just wearing a black jumper. <laughs> Nabby lad, isn't it? Liverpool. There we do. More the jumper, less of your face. Bonus. <laughs> Even if it is terrible. <laughs> um, but again, happy darkness, everyone. The World Championships is here. The regular 2022 PDC season is done. One left, and it is the big one. And we are going to take you through it. 16 nights of action at Alexandra Palace. 96 players will come, but only one will be crowned world champion on January the 3rd. Over the next couple of hours, we will try and work out who we think it will be. Um, but welcome along chat room as well. Everyone superb as always. Make sure you give us a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We will come and dive into the chat room shortly. But first of all, we are going to start the show with um, a good friend of the show as well. We welcome along Mr. Mark Pearson from our sponsors, Betfred. Mark, welcome along. 
Uh, good evening, gents. Uh, you, you forgot to tell me about the Christmas jumper. I'd have dug mine out. If you talk, <laughs> Don't if you worry, mate. They did that to you two minutes before we came on live. <laughs> <laughs> I feel a bit under uh, <laughs> No, I'm, I'm very, very well. Look, I was gutted on uh, Saturday night after uh, England's defeat. Uh, and then I thought to myself, well, at least for darts, it starts on Thursday to cheer us all up. And for me and the rest of our house as well, Maybe not the missus. It's, it's the official start of Christmas as well, the darts. Absolutely love it. It makes Christmas for me. I really like this year as well. It's on to the 3rd of January because I do like New Year's Day, that afternoon session. When you're feeling a bit rough, just lying on the sofa and watching the darts from Yali Pally. I, I normally come, so hopefully I'll make it over this year. That's a train reliance. I live in Manchester. You've got more chance of getting an ambulance than a train at the moment. So, fingers <laughs> crossed that we'll be able to make it to the Ali Pali. I came last year. I was very, very lucky last year. I came to the semi-finals, and that was a cracking night last year, wasn't it, the semi-finals? So, fingers crossed. Can't wait for Thursday night. And I'll just tell you a little story. Um, have you got kids, any of you, lot? No. Oh. Well, when you do, obviously, Christmas is massive. Uh, Christmas is massive. And you have to do like Elf on the Shelf. So Elf on the Shelf, he comes every year, obviously, keeps an eye on the kids, and then goes back to Lapland and tells Father Christmas how the kids have been. Now, during the darts, the elf always gets a bit of a drink problem. And in the morning, we'll often find empty beer bottles that have been drunk by the elf on the shelf. Disgraceful. <laughs> the elf knows, the elf knows. Um, so, personally and professionally, Mark, on the darts, first of all, before we look at any odds, who does your heart says wins the World Championship? Um, I think Michael Van Gogh's got a cracking chance. Uh, we've spoken a lot about Michael, haven't we, over the last months and the years or whatever. He's won it three times. Not, it's, what, was it 2019 last time he won it? I backed him last year. I thought he had a great chance last year. And unfortunately, he got COVID, didn't he? Uh, he's won, what, 10 of the 58 PDC events this year, including a Betfred World Match Play, the Premier League, the World Grand Prix, the Players' Championship recently. So I know it sounds weird, but I just think Michael Van Gerwen is edging towards his best at the moment. So I really fancy Michael Van Gerwen. And the other one is quite... Uh, high up in the betting as well. Michael Smith, and now he's only eight to one. I backed him each way last year. It was a bigger price at that. Michael Smith's finally got that Grand Slam, hasn't he? Won that tournament in America. Uh, I think the format suits him as well. Um, they're the two I'm edging towards. But I want to have a good look at the draw. Uh, I generally like to have one in the top half of the draw and one in the bottom. That's what I generally try and do. And hopefully they're still in after Christmas. That's the key, isn't uh, it? Getting your selection till after Christmas. And I'm guessing that that's the personal on, on a professional note. Are you seeing a lot of backing for MVG right now from the punters? Uh, yeah, we are. So he's been clipped already. He's five to two favourite. Now that sounds seems short, doesn't it? Five to two. Well, you know, I've been uh, uh, doing these previews before when he's been even money, and we've pushed him out to six to four. So five to two seems quite a big price for uh, Michael Van Gerwen. But what we are seeing is a real spread because what we've decided to do is we're each way four places, quarter of the odds. So a lot of the outsiders are getting backed with us because of that each way, one, two, three, four. I think we only bookmaker to be doing each way four places. So you can pick one in each quarter, can't you? Absolutely. 
So if you were to pick four or one from each quarter, who would you have, who would you have a little flutter on? <laughs> right then. I'm getting old. I'm going to have to put my glasses on. Okay. <laughs> that was, it'll happen to you lot one day. Right. Quarter one. I hate saying this because I love watching him. He's not had a great year, has he, Gerwin Price? He got obviously to he got to the final of the Betfred World match play. Um, I mean, Danny Nobbert's playing very well in that quarter as well. Um, Ryan Searle, I think, is playing well in that quarter. But he does like the big stage, doesn't he? Right, I am going to go Gerwin Price in quarter one. Okay, quarter two. I think it's very interesting. I think Dave Chisnell could have a very big world championship. Got to the semis, didn't he, in 2021 when he, he whitewashed Michael Van Gerwen, didn't he? 5-0. Yeah. Uh, I think Dave Chisnell's playing very, very well. Joe Cullen's obviously playing well. But I'm going to stick with Michael Smith in quarter two. Quarter three, I mean, he's a current reigning champion, but I'm going to be against Peter Wright, I think. You've got Johnny Clayton's up there. And uh, what about this Josh Rock? He's going to win it one day, isn't he? This 21-year-old sensation. He is brilliant, he isn't he? He's in that quarter. Yeah. Um, do you know what? In quarter three, I'm going to go Johnny Clayton. And then I'm going to have to obviously go Michael Van Gerwen in quarter four. But again, in quarter four, look, you've got Rob Cross. Wasn't that long ago he won it? Uh, you've got Gary Anderson. We all know what Gary can do when he's up for it. You've got Chris Doby as well in quarter four. So, look, it's an obvious thing to say. It's very, very competitive this year. I mean, the ones I've not mentioned, you've got Luke Humphreys as well. He's played really well this year, hasn't he? He's won it uh, five uh, titles. Uh, Dimitri van der Berg's out 28 to 1. You've got Nathan Aspinall as well. Look, someone at a big price will get and win one of those quarters. Always happens. Looks easy right now, doesn't it? Trying to plot the route and look at the quarters. <laughs> But someone, a big price, will get into a semi-final. Happens every year. So that's why the, the one, two, three, four each way is, a, you know, is a good offer. Is there anyone the traders are, are really fearing at the moment that, that would put you in trouble? Look, it, Michael Van Gerwen is the one the traders fear. So five to two, it has been clipped, and he's been he's been well supported. He's been very, very well supported because if you look at his record, all right, there's 58 PDC events, isn't there? He's won 10. It's not like when he used to win 20-odd, but still, that is more like the old Michael Van Gerwen, isn't it, winning 10 events? And the events he has won, the match play, uh, the Premier League, the World Grand Prix, the Players' Championship, he's won some of the big events this year. I tell you what I love about the World Championship, obviously, it's just got everything this year, hasn't it? Everything but Paul Lim, unfortunately. And uh, we're going to see uh, yeah. uh, Paul Greaves, aren't we? We're going to see Fallon Sherrick as well. Uh, we're going to see uh, Lisa Ashton. Uh, there's players from around the world I don't know much about as well. And we'll get to see them on the big stage. And what I love about the set play, you can think, right, this is all going one way. And then they go to the break, they come back, win a quick set, get back into it. And we've had some great comebacks over the years, haven't we? Adrian Lewis versus James Wade. There's been... Brilliant comebacks. I really like set play. I think the set play is just fantastic. And it just completely suits the World Championship. And it's a one everyone wants to win. And the winner's going to have to win, what, seven sets on the 3rd of January. And that seems like ages away as well, doesn't it? So, 
you know, I might be annoyed about England going out, but my New Year blues always kick in, not on New Year's Day, 4th of January. Kids are back at school at 4th of January, the darts has finished. That's where my New Year blues will start. On the three women, Bo Grease, Fallon Sharrick and Lisa Ashton, have you seen seen much activity on them in their first round games or anything like that? Yeah, I was looking at Bo Graves. I mean, look, she threw a, what, 107 average, didn't she, uh, earlier on this year. I think yeah. if she's at the top of the game, she can beat Willie O'Connor, can't she? I was having a look. Uh, yeah. She possibly could win the first two games, couldn't she? Yeah, we, we were talking about it earlier. That the, the second round game, if she can beat Willie, is arguably easier than the, the first one. Yeah. Look, a lot depends how Willie reacts. He's going to be... You know, it's panto season, isn't it? He's going to be a pantomime villain in that, isn't he? Because everyone's going to get behind uh, Bo Graves. And she is a sensation, isn't she? She is one hell of a player. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and is, is is there a long shot you like the look of, Mark, in your, in your odds? If I was going to put up one at a bigger price, it would be... I think Dave Chisnell. I think Dave Chisnell can have a big world championship. He's twenty-eight to one. So Michael Van Gerwen's your five to two favourite. Gerwin Price, of course, won it before six to one. Michael Smith eight to one. Peter Wright, our current champion, eleven to one. Luke Humphreys at fourteen to one. Johnny Clayton at sixteens. Josh Rock at sixteen to one. Then it's Rob Cross at twenty-five. Chisnell <coughs> at twenty-eight to one with Vanderberg. Nathan Aspinall thirty-three to one. And I'd love to see Barney have a big world championship. Wouldn't that be brilliant? He's 66 to 1. He's got everything uh, this year as we uh, pursue uh, PDC World Championship. So, what a bigger price, I think, Dave Chisnell. But uh, I think the two I'm going to be backing are Michael Van Gerwen and Michael Smith. And obviously, I realise they could meet uh, in a semi final, but um, uh, I've got my. Uh, no, in fact, they can't meet to the final, can they? So it's even that. better. So, yeah, Michael Smith final, yeah. and Michael Van Gerwen are my two selections. Well, absolute pleasure having you on from our amazing sponsors, Betfred. And remember, daily specials over at betfred.com. Mate, thank you very much for joining us here on the Live Lounge, the last one of 2022. No, i tell you what, you know, obviously I worked closely with you, Pat Paul. Thanks for what you guys do for the game as well. You know, I love darts. I can't wait for it to start on Thursday. And, uh, you know, love what you do, promoting the game. You lot enjoy it. But just remember, pace yourselves. Now, I've done a snooker for many years. That's 17 days. So just you be pacing yourselves. 16 days. You can get a break in the middle of a dance, don't you, for um, uh, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day and Boxing yeah. Day. So it's not like the snooker. But I tell you what, just pace yourselves. All right, boys? Have a brilliant time. And look, please, you can have a bet on the World Championship. Keep it from gamble responsibly. That's the most important thing you do this Christmas. Mark, absolute pleasure having you on, mate. Thank you very much indeed, and we'll see you at the Palace. Take care, everyone. Enjoy the darts, yeah. and happy Christmas. Have a good one, mate. That was Mark from our amazing sponsors, Betfred, and that's all the odds for the World Championships. Right, boys, the odds are now done. We will dive in to all the action um chat room so for the rest of the evening us three will debate argue 
and try and find who we think will may win the world championship. Then we've got the team's predictions as well, which will be a little bit of fun. We've got a nice little video put together of the whole team involved. And then we'll talk about all the other darting news because there's never a dull moment in darts, is there? News dropping all over the place, which is always good. <laughs> I don't think our WhatsApp group stopped, does it, boys? It's like, oh, we've got a five-minute ping. No, we haven't. Something else has come up. Yeah, they just keep, just keep coming at the busiest time of the year. Yeah. Um, busy, busy, busy. Yeah, it's, no, it's, it's going to be good, isn't it? So, first of all, before we get all the draws and that up, chat room, I want all your involvement for this throughout the whole show because it is the last one of the year. So, come and get involved. It's going to be a damn good show. So, right, boys, first of all, before we look at the draw, I want your seed, who you think right now is in the most danger of having the worst Christmas possible and not coming back after the Christmas break. Just one. Yep. The seed that you think is in most danger. And that is you, chat room, as well. I spend too much time with you, I Phil. Um, the seed in danger for me, because he plays Whitlock in the second round, he's, I think, he's Jose de Souza. <laughs> Way too much time with you. <laughs> Gob's massively trying to work it all out now. <laughs> yeah, I'm just seeing which ones are in trouble, and I'm trying to deduce who's the most in trouble. Like I've got the rest of my my night planned out pretty much. I'd forgotten this was one of the questions. Um, I'm gonna say Clemens. Both good shots. I think O'Connor's more, more than capable. And if Bo does do a job on Willie, A, you've got the fascination around that, and B, she's just capable. I, I completely. Look, I, I think for Bo, the second round game is easier than the first if she wins it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't disagree. Um, so, seed that I think is most in danger, there's a couple. I was going to say, I've I got listened. four ticked off at the minute. I know he yeah, listens, got four. he won't be happy. But I think Callum is in potential trouble because I think Josh Rock beats Jose Justicia. Um, I think potentially Dimitri Vandenberg's in a spot of bother because I think he'll play Roby. Still think he's got enough for Roby. Potentially, but I said I said his spot, and I'm not saying he's the most, but he's the one I've got a little asterisk next to. And because of his TV record and who he's potentially going to face in round two, I think Damon Hetter's in a spot of bother because of the jackpot factor. Yeah, B 
being the, the fans' favourite and, and everything like that. So, which one am I going to go for? I'm going to go Damon because of his TV record and the fact that Adrian is such a fan's favourite. Again, chat room. Um, Larson is no mug. No, I think he's, he's not. I think that Adrian will, will have too much. I think there's two more to mention here. And I think, look, these are... These are the bigger names, I think, that are in a potential in a bit of trouble. They're not massively, but they are a little bit. I think Dirk van Dijvenberde could be in for a tough test against either Carol Sedlicek or Raymond Smith. Raymond was fantastic in the Super Series yeah. last week. Finishing stats are ridiculous. His 140 hitting is, is tour level comfortably. Comfortably. Not as many 180s. No, if, he, if, he fires in, if he fires in the 140s like he does or can... There's there's potential there, and the other one, look, and there's there's talk of him going under the radar here to produce a decent run, but I think this first round is massive for him. It's Rob Cross. Yeah, because Ryan Joyce is more than capable. If, if this double sixteen is hitting, he can give absolutely anybody a game. And the fact the other one is Scott Williams, who is his practice partner and mate. There's a chance that you can catch him a bit cold then. Well, what I thought was intriguing, interesting, uh, and I'm not sure if stupid either, the picture of Big John O'Shea, friend of the show, posted on Facebook today. Yes. The fact that John O'Shea, Rob Cross and Scott Williams spent the last three days practising. Now, yeah. if I'm playing someone potentially in round two of the World Championships, the last thing I want to do is practise with them. They are traditional practice partners, though, aren't they? Like, they have been all season. I, 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 I get that, but... But still, from from the the, the um, seeds in danger, there's only one other on the list I had. I think Merv had been danger. Sorry, Dob. I think Merv had been danger because whoever comes through that Matt Campbell, Danny Badistein, the two players who play in a lot of confidence, and then we Merv coming in, obviously yet to have played. Then I think Merv had been danger there. I've got to say as well that. I was critical of Matt Campbell on TV to start with. We all know his floor game has been brilliant this year. But the last couple of tournaments, there has been signs that Matt Campbell is beginning to find that floor form on the TV. He's sad now, isn't he? Yeah, 100%. Um, I yeah, it's it's a real interesting one. Um, but with that, enough shoehorning around it. Let let's let's jump in. Let let's dive into it all. Um, the draw bracket is up, and because the, I know, normally we don't go in every game, but we're gonna we're gonna look at each. We're not gonna go through every game specifically, but we're gonna look at each individual quarter and then obviously everything <laughs> come through that that quarter we'll do it quarter at a time um chat room get involved as well rose says oh no this part yeah you knew it was coming rose come on um so section one 
there's a couple of really intriguing games in the forget the second round when the seeds come in. There's some real belters in the first round in this one. That I look at yeah. Dallas Burnett and Williams Bilowetsky as two absolute humdingers, as well as obviously Bo and Willie, but we've spoken about that one a lot already. But those two in particular as well. Yeah, that, that Williams be that be letty one. That stands out probably because of both will I'm sure we mentioned this last week when we briefed about Ben, but both will see that as an opportunity because all three of them will fancy that draw. James Wade as well will like who he's got. But them two will also like the fact that they've got James Wade who's not in particularly great form. So that probably puts more pressure on that first round game for both players than what it would be just a first round world championship game. Even looking down the bottom, the form that suits right in the Grand Slam. We've not mentioned Daryl Durney is one of the seeds in trouble, but having Alan Suter, if he produces what he produces in the, the slam, there's, there's there's certainly danger there. Um Richard Burnett batting on the PDC World Championship stages. I know I can't wait. it's a dream of yours, Mr. Bars, <laughs> that he's I back. I can't wait. I'm, and... I'm, I'm not going to lie. Stop, stop the clocks, Richie. <laughs> and look, we've saw it at the Live League, as it was then, and we've seen it in glimpses. He has a big performance in him still. Look, I'm not going to say he's going to go and win it or anything stupid like that, but he could go and shock someone from nowhere because he does have those huge numbers in him. Yeah, I think he could. I, I really think he, he could there. Again, it's it's a draw that all three in that little section would have would like that draw. I don't think Burnett will mind having Dolas, vice versa. And then Ryan Searle is a, is a seed. It could have been worse. So it's another mini section where they're probably all three of them are, are quite content with how that's played out. Um, Yes, it's a dream of yours that Burnett's back, but probably the nightmare of who he's up against. Because <laughs> it's a game you want to see, but equally you're going to be looking the other yeah. way when the other throw is so it, it is It's a very, very intriguing tie. Um, and it's a tie that, you know, I think this is an opportunity for, for Lisa as well to, to potentially get her first win. I think that, that really opens up for Lisa. That's, that's not a bad first round tie at all. Um, it's, it's a real interesting one. Um, so looking at quarter one, obviously there's a potential third round tie that we haven't spoken about yet, but the Dutchman did in the interview that we did with him last week, just a casual little reminder to, to go in price that he's never beaten Barney on TV. There was no casual about it. There was a big reminder to, to guess he, <laughs> and he made sure he let him know. Look, that's good to see from Barney as well, because look, when your form dips and when you struggle the way that Barney has, dropping off the tour and coming back as well, and we've seen it with A.D. Lewis as well, you get less and less, you, you believe in what you're saying less and less and less, you start saying it less often. The fact that Barney is from reports from around the venues and from from being at events and whatever, is so much more relaxed, so much more laid back, enjoying his dark, but is confident enough to be speaking like that about the current world number one, by the way. It tells you massive amounts about how Raymond van Barneveld feels about his game right now. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Um, 
yeah, look, it's it, it's really really interesting. Um, someone asked where is I can't remember what it was. Um, has Bo played on PDC TV event before? Uh, no, this is her first PDC TV event. So will be interesting to see how she goes in that one. Right. So quarter one chat room. And you boys, who is coming through quarter one? Do you want first, Dub? Okay. Uh, yeah, go on, Ed. I might as well just, just drop this in there straight away. Um, Danny Nopper. <laughs> I had a feeling you had a surprising. Uh, I, think, I think his year has been massively, massively underrated. <clears throat> I think he's got the temperament now to just stay calm. I am concerned about a potential quarterfinal matchup with Gerwin Price. I think that is one of the only players that he seems to have this little bit of a mental block with, especially over that distance. But anybody else in that quarter, I'm not concerned with for Danny Nopper. He has the ability to just blow people away. His double percentage is getting better and better and better as well. Um, and, yeah, I think he can make a real statement towards that Premier League spot that he probably should have confirmed by now, but doesn't. Don't worry. The PR word is on the running list for later, boys. Obviously. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, Boise, are you going for? Um. I, I'm quite obvious with this one. I think it's Price. I think Price death past Noppy. I do think Noppy gets to the quarterfinals, but I think it's Price who sees who sees Noppy uh, out at that stage. I've changed my mind on this. Up until the weekend, I had a different answer, but maybe walking on to it's coming home. Inspired, yeah, I saw that live. Yeah, um, look, I wasn't convinced about Gezi's form. <coughs> However, I've seen the night. I know they're only exhibitions, but they still give you an indication of how the arm is and everything like that. If you'd have asked me a week ago, I was going for the unthinkable. You fought Barney again. I'm going Barney to make the semi-finals. <laughs> oh, dear. But what I saw from Price this week, I agree. I think Price comes through. But I think Barney will push him close in that third-round game as well. That probably yeah, shows, though. Okay. A little bit earlier, he goes, I just can't see Barney beating Price twice in the same year. Uh, three times in the same year. And I'm like, yeah, but I said that about him beating him twice in the same tournament. I didn't see that happening, especially <laughs> not over that distance. use that logic, you just can't rule it out. No. You do want to be a seed, but the fact that Barney's not 32 and he could have qualified and yes, he'd have had to play an extra game, that could be of a slight detriment because that you've proved it there, Phil. You've had him now, instead of then to a semi-final, only then to the third round. 
where actually yeah. he was an unseeded player. Yes, he would have had to play in the first round. However, he might have had an easier route to go further on. So that it's it's great that he's qualified as a seed, but it's that playing the number one so early on in the competition, isn't it? Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Um, a lot of love for Price in the chat room. Carl says, sell for a run. Stephen says, Bo Grews to make it through um, to quarterfinal one. Uh, Jar not agrees with you. Gobby's going for Noppy. Oh, God, he's uh, screwed then. A lot of love for there as well. I'm sure Noppy's going to get a bit of a mention towards the end of the show when we touch on the other subjects as well. But quarter... Number two, this is Michael Smith's section. He is the top seed along with Luke Humphreys. And when when you look at it, this is this is this section's gone under the radar a little bit because of section four. But this is this is brutal as well. Yeah, yeah, the this the seeds in here, especially when you're looking at section one, the seeds in here when you've got Smith Tullen. Hetta, yes, he's not been right on TV. But however, throughout the year, his form has been fairly good. Lou Humphreys, Dave Chisnall, who's in some fantastic form. From a seeding perspective, it's very strong. And then you've got the sort of, can't say unknowns, as he's a back-to-back world champion, but you're not sure what sort of Adrian Lewis you're going to He can turn up on this stage, as we've seen before. It's a very, very difficult section. And then there's some very, very intriguing first round ties in this in this day in this section. You've you know seen what Watamina and Rafferty, two sort of players who A Dames can produce some fantastic stuff, but B Dames not to the same sort of level. Got Paul Teller, who we've seen produce on the world championship stage, and Tammy, we've seen Tam throw some very still probably another one. To mention who's A-Dame is ridiculous, but that B-Dame, is it there? So, there's, there's a lot of intriguing first-round ties in this, and that's before we get to them bid seeds. I 100% completely agree. that this, this I've, is not I've not mentioned Fallon in that as well, and Fallon and Ricky Evans, Dames, is... I'm not sure which Fallon we're going to see, and probably more importantly, I'm not quite sure which Ricky Evans we're going to see. <laughs> This is why I said for ages that this is why this game really intrigues me because there are so many variables. Look, Ricky Evans, we know, could rock up average 96 and, and win 3 0. That's not beyond the realms at all. But there's also the Ricky Evans that could rock up an average 83. It, 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 it's a yeah, real. Yeah, I spoke to him last week and I think he's pretty chilled about it, but I think there is that concern in his game sometimes. And he, he acknowledges that point. Look, that'll be out on the channel. Yeah either tomorrow or, or Wednesday, like he's fully aware that he can average 100 or 120 of any set of darts, but he's also aware that he can average that 80. And it's just how often he produces that is, is yeah. going to be the deciding factor. But for me, this this part of the draw is brutal because all your, your sneaky outsiders for the title, I find myself are in this draw, this part of the draw. You're eyeing up your Cullen, your Humphreys. Chisnell's had a great year, been really big on his game. We've seen him go deep before. If you're looking for that each way bet, a lot of these guys would have been solid in a quarter with somebody else. But I'm just so big on Michael Smith right now that it's just fallen horribly. Like, well, 
spoiler alert later on, but if 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 Cullen or Humphreys or Chisnell was in the same section as, as Peter Wright, for instance, at the minute, who we have absolutely no bearing of his form, really, because Joe, his partner, has been ill and we haven't really seen him play competitively without being concerned about her health at that point for a while now. He, he can turn up and do anything. He's also got that um, not unfortunate position, I guess, being a defending champion, being playing opening night, you're guaranteed to know when, etc. But playing first, and then he doesn't play again until the 27th. That's a big, big gap for somebody who tinkers with his darts as much as Peter Wright does. And I'm pretty sure, didn't he go out early the year he was defending it last time? Uh, yes. Yes, he did, I believe. I do think this year, this year benefits him, whereas other years it doesn't as much. Not him, but the world champion. I do think that yeah. this is potentially a year where it does benefit him. Because of that, but I'm sure we'll um, move on to, to Peter in a minute. The Michael everyone mentioned the seeds in this in this quarter made it so so strong, but the current form of Michael Smith just made it difficult that whoever was in this quarter is that seems to be the name on everyone's lips to, to delve deep pre Grand Slam. The fact he's done what he's done at the Grand Slam, they'll probably now change his that completely. That everyone's now talking about him as being. A multiple TV winner very quickly instead of uh, he needs that over the line as quick as possible. Yeah, even the likes of Van der Voort's had a better season than he has done in the last couple of years. He seems to be much more settled with a back injury. Damon Hetter has been one of the outstanding players on the floor this year, but again, there are still those question marks around his his TV game, and because of that, Adrian Lewis draw. If that's not Lewis, or if he'd gone to a couple of quarterfinals this year that perhaps his, his level of play suggested that he should have reached, I think we'd be quite big on Damon Hetter right now as well. But it's difficult to do that in a part of the season when he has massively underperformed on TV, given just how good Damon Hetter has been in 2022. It, yeah, it's an intriguing set around Damon if, if Lewis and Hetter do face each other because the the lack of TV coverage that Aidy's had in comparison to Damon Hetter this year, but then the form of Damon Hetter on TV certainly opens that one up as a, as a very intriguing part of it. In a, it's a very difficult section. Can't be as bad as section four. <laughs> I don't think anything that means bad as section four, but it's very close. It might, it might be difficult, but I would now like some names. So I'm off of you, chat room. Who is coming through section two? Marcus I know what Gob's saying. Yeah, Smith Beach, Jizzo, for me in this. I'm, I, I, I agree with you guys. I'm, I'm going Smith Beach. Humphreys in the cause. And look, so to be fair, the, the perceived run to the final here for Michael Smith, which is pretty much where I've got him going, is going to be a Rafferty or a Watermaner is on the up. You're looking at Schindler or Lukeman. Probably Joe Cullen is the form beyond that. Then you're looking at a Humphreys or a Chisnell. Then 
Nopper or Price and then a final. Like, if Michael Smith does lift this title, he will have earned it, by the way. That is ridiculous. But interesting as well that Cameron Menzies might have a say in this if he can produce his A game. So I think he beats Diogo Portella. I just think he's a better player than, than, than Diogo. And look, Vincent, again, is a bit like Cammy. It's all or nothing. If Vincent plays well, I think Vincent beats him. But we've seen variables with Vincent this year, the same as a lot of players. So I'm, I'm intrigued to see to, to, to see this one. But yeah, I'm, I'm going. I'm, I'm agreeing with you all, Michael Smith. Um, in the chat room, um, a lot of love for Smith as well. Um, who else have we got? Smith beats Humphrey. Sam says, "Yep." Um, Interesting. That's some good ones there. Right. Section number three. <laughs> uh, uh, Johnny, you, you are right there. I, I find it hard to disagree with that one. Um, right. Section three. This is the reigning champions section. The world number two. Peter Wright. However, before we get to him... There's a lot to like here as well in, in this section. Look, it's not quite as brutal as section two. Look, it's world championships. There's never going to be, be a give me or anything like that. But it's a little kinder than section two. Yeah. I think it's considerably kinder. But don't mean it's a tiny style. I think it's, there's more threats in this section from the non-seeded players than there is in section two, I think. But yeah. in terms of the seeds, there's a couple there that I'm looking at going, actually, your 2022 relative to your 2021 and your 2020, not necessarily relative to the rest of the tour, but relative to your last two years on tour, there's a chance to get it, you guys here. Kim Hybrex isn't the same player as he was a decade ago. Look, he's on the up and been very big on his game this year, but you're still going to get opportunities against Kim. I think Vandenberg... Do we blame the, the move manufacturer or do we just say that he's just had an off part of the year because he's not been anywhere near the level that we know he can produce? Ratajski's been similar, just steady without doing anything exceptional that we, we were known to like from him. Brendan Dolan, one on the floor, but hasn't done a great deal else. Johnny Clayton hasn't picked up a title this year. Aspinall's on the way back up. Rids, very, very good the last six weeks. There were question marks about his form before the World Youth Championship. Big gaps between him playing. I, I think your threats here are uh, Josh Rock, potentially Roby John, like you mentioned earlier. Uh, quite impressive Ben Robb. Um, and the fact that he's played match practice means that he could definitely get at Peter Wright as well on that opening night. Um, uh, Danny Van Tripp is not to be underestimated. I think there's more threats from the non-seeded players in this section than there was in section two. Um, yeah, no, look, I, I agree. But also on one of the seeds that we've been crit not critical, but Johnny's not had the best of years. However, if he could have handpicked his little section, he's done all right here because I don't, I don't see him having much trouble until he runs into. Aspen or Rids or Rock in round four. And by then, he may have played himself into a little bit of form. Yeah, right. 
I think that's a case with quite a few that they are looking at that. And for Johnny, it is a very good part of the draw. We're saying that around the seeds, as Dobbs just touched on each one now, that yes, they've not had a fantastic year individually. Probably out of them, Asp on the way up is the most in form out of those eight. And the fact that all eight of them are in that position will probably like the fact that the rest of them is. They're not in the, the brutal section of section four and or section two. There's opportunities here, but it's getting past that that first first aim for them, their second round tie that Johnny Clayton will like the lot and I think would expect to be in at an absolute minimum the fourth round. Yes, someone of Johnny's qualities coming into them lift the world championship. He's not obviously doing that, but as an absolute minimum, you would think he would get to that fourth round. Um, it's, it's a I've found this probably the most difficult section to pick because of the seeds being who they are. And I would have no question about saying Peter Wright if it was two months ago, two, three months ago. But just the current form and the the situation, obviously, with Joe, uh, that's well publicised. I'm not sure what Peter Wright with that first round, of, um, first game. It worked in his favour, as I was saying to Dob, just that he gets that break, I think. But he's done a depth through that first round. And then Ben Rob, who I think it will be, will not be a dummy at all. Very difficult quarter to pick for completely different reasons than two and four. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's, it, it is tough. Um Oh, do you want me to go first on this one? I've got mine. I've had mine planned out for ages. I think Nathan Aspinall comes out of it and just cements that spot in one of those hallowed eight spots. I've got the same. It wasn't the swashbuckling Johnny Clayton that we used to, but Johnny winning almost ugly or, or winning with his, his B game at times, the low 90s average in Minehead a couple of weeks ago was very, very good for Johnny for the first couple of rounds. Just just get back to winning in whatever style because there's been that mid-90s where he's just been gettable for the, for the second half of the year. So winning ugly would have been massive for him. But I, I think this quarter comes down to those two. I think they will meet in the last 16, whatever it is. And I think whoever wins yeah. that will, will come through, whoever comes through the, the top half of that section and, and put themselves in the, in the semis. And I just think Aspen's yeah. just got that little bit more of the bit between his teeth, that little bit more fight in him. And if it goes a bit scrappy, I think he's got that edge over Johnny right now. I See, I think, I think Aspen's through as well for the full house. I think we have an unseeded quarter-finalist in Roby John. I can see him coming through there. But I find it difficult to pick any of the four seeds in that sort of section. The, the struggle for me with Asp is, is Josh Roth. I think that's teed up to be a fantastic third-round tie. Um, I didn't see Josh Roth getting through Talon, even though Talon's form's improved. Um, I, I'm full house, which, sorry, Asp, <laughs> all batting into that through. Um, but I do think we'll have Roby John in the other side of that. He'll beat him in the quarterfinal. Uh, 
Uh, sorry, me and Gob are both looking at another message here. Um, yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah, section four. <laughs> Sorry, boys, you can read it now as well. You were talking when it came through. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> section four. This is the this is the brutal one. Let, let, let's be frank about it. Um, the seeds: Michael Van Gerwen, Mensal Sudovich, Dirk Van Dijvenbode, Ross Smith, Rob Cross, Merkin, Gary Anderson, and Chris Dovey. I, I really, really like this draw, and I think there's going to be so many watchable games early on in this part of the draw. I think a lot of the entertainment in round one, round two, and even round three is going to be pretty entertaining in this part of the draw. But anything beyond that, it, look, there are some fantastic players in this part of the draw who are all more than capable, and I'm not saying that Van Gerwen is his invincible 2016-2017 best. In fact, even at that point, Van Gerwen still only has three world titles to his name. I say only, but for a man that has won as much as Van Gerwen has, to be three from 16 world championships, I think it is, when Taylor's something like 16 from 21 or 22 with God knows how many finals, that puts those records into perspective a little bit. But everybody else, in my opinion, in this part of the draw, it's just playing up until they play Michael. Yeah. He's, he's just got too much right now, I think. Not saying it's impossible. Van Dijvenbode are more than capable. Uh, Ross Smith, John O'Shea can produce. Uh, Raymond Smith can produce. Uh, the speed of Ronneveld might catch him out early, but I think he'll be prepared for that. Uh, if it is even him, it might well be Louis Williams. Gary, look, we know he loves the World Championships. Can he go far enough in this? If, if Gary was in Van Dijvenberg's spot or Sulevich's spot and getting a crack at Van Gerwen in a best of five sets or a best of seven sets, I can see it. But when it gets deep to the quarterfinals, as it would be that they'd meet, I just, I just don't see that happening. So, yeah, it's, it's Van Gerwen for me in this section. Are you agreeing? Uh, I'm agreeing with a lot of what Dob said about the first round, second round ties in this. I think it's the, the most intriguing, most watchable dames looking forward to. I'm not agreeing with who comes through the quarter, though, because I think Rob Cross, that's the better of MVG. And I see Cross coming through this section. Um, MVG is playing some incredible stuff at the moment. I can't see anyone stopping him up until that point. And then the only two I can see stopping him is either Rob Cross or Darry Anderson. And the only reason I'm saying Darry at that point is because if Darry's played three games by then, he may have come into some sort of form. And if he's going to do it, it's any tournament we know it's going to be the Worlds. But I do think it'll be Cross. Um... I don't, just don't see it personally. I think MVG beats. I'm going to say it. Beats Gary Anderson. <laughs> you knew that was coming, Darby. 
You know, um, Phil's prediction, he's MVG, Gary Anderson in the quarterfinals and Richard Burnett in the final. Does Richard Burnett in section one? It's, it's, it's the world. Look, any other tournament, I wouldn't be backing Gary. Not at all. But it's just something about the worlds. It's the hope that kills you, mate. And every single time you're like, oh, I'm going to have a punt on that really long hope. And then it's like, no, nah, no chance. If everybody just fails to acknowledge it, writes it off, and then we can go, bang, what a fallout bar. Gary Anderson's done it again. No, because now you could go, oh, look at me. I said that would happen. And I'm just not going to enjoy it. You're ruining world championship. You're ruining everybody's world championship. What, by giving everyone Gary Anderson hope? Rasmo, Prak SG, were Chris Doby, or whoever else in that part of the draw. Yeah, part don't do me, it. Part of, me, part of me would love to see Gary Anderson win the world title and then stick two fingers up and say, stick your Premier League up your... I'm not playing. No, you wouldn't, because you love the Premier League. You're like... Yeah, I'd also love to see someone turn it down. I do, I, I do like the Premier no, League. I'm not arguing with that. No, you wouldn't. But I'd like to... I'd like, to see, I'd like to see someone go, actually, I'm not doing it. No, you're a company and, man now. But there are very few players <laughs> that can afford to turn the Premier League down. But Gary's one of them. But there aren't many players that can turn that kind of money down. But even if you finish bottom, what was it last year? I think you won, was it 90 grand still? 65 plus five grand winners bonus each week, so everybody got at least 70 or 65 or whatever. Yeah, there are a few players that can turn that kind of money down, but Gary's one of them, so I would like to see it. Um, right from here, we have. Our final four. January the 3rd. Who will be crowned the 2023 PDC World Champion? I would like your final finalists and who wins it. Chat room as well. One of our first up. <laughs> yeah, go on then. Michael wins. <laughs> Van Gerwen beats Smith 7-5 in the final Boise um, Smith Smith beats Price semi Cross beats Asp semi Michael Smith 7-4 and then Rob Cross MVG beats Gerwin Price 7-4. Just don't see Price staying that far this year. I, I didn't, but I think once he gets to the latter stages, a bit like the year he won it, I think he comes alive. I, I think... For MVG and Price, if you don't get them early, you're not getting them. 
I think Price knows that as well. Yeah. Again, another one to go out this week. But a lot of his attention when I spoke to him last week was on that first round and making sure yeah. that he's still in the tournament after Christmas. First round, get the win, get myself into the tournament, have a nice Christmas, then come back, was, was definitely the way that he's approaching this. So I, I think there might be a couple of nerves there early. If Luke Woodhouse brings his A game, there is a possibility you can exploit that. I don't see it being on Malchenko, I'll be completely honest. Um, but other than that, I, I think he will be tough to stop, but I, I just see it happening. Yeah, I, I agree. Right. With that timely bit with the world, um, this is about 14 <coughs> minutes long, so we're going we're gonna to sit back and enjoy. We've given you our fee- feedback on the world what we think. This, ladies and gentlemen, is what our amazing online darts team thinks is going to happen at the world's. Hi folks, Dan Simpson here, joining you from up in a very, very cold Teesside in the northeast. So, with what is my third set of World Championships predictions as a member of the Online Darts team, I have generally been very unsuccessful with these previously, so we'll see how I get on this year, working through a few categories. So, the thing I am most looking forward to see in the opening round is without a shadow of a doubt all of the games that are taking place on December the 21st, because I will be at Ali Pali. I will be taking my little boy for his first ever trip to the darts. I have to be quiet so he doesn't know yet. It's a surprise. So everything about what is going on on the 21st excites me a great deal, because I will be there in the building. Looking at the first round, the first round game I'm most looking forward to. Now, unlike a lot of people, I wasn't particularly blown over with the way the first round went. I didn't think there was too much in that 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 was big headline games, but I think that does make for some superb matches potentially in rounds two and three. I think the draw unfolds really, really well. In terms of what I'm most looking forward to, I'm going to have to play really safe and I am going to go... Oh, sorry, I'm having three. The, the three... The three female players that are representing um, the women's tour and the women's match player at this year's World Championships. I think Lisa Ashton has got a really good chance against Ryan Meikle. I think Bo Greaves against William O'Connor is going to be, oh, could potentially be an amazing match. Um, and I think Fallon Cherick against Ricky Evans has all the makings of a, another huge Alexandra Palace moment. I think all three of those matches are really, really interesting and there's a lot to get excited about in, in all three of them. So in terms of the, the, the first round games I'm most looking forward to, I'm being selfish and taking three and they are them. Now I have toiled this draw working out the, um, the seed that I think is most at risk. We'll do that first before we do the dark horse. Now I'm going to say and I think it's, well, it's probably not too controversial, but he's played well very recently. But I think Rob Cross is in for a really, really tough second round game against potentially Scott Williams or Ryan Joyce. I think either of those 
guys coming through that game with a good performance in round one could could cause Cross a lot of problems. An honourable mention will go probably to Mervyn King because Matt Campbell and Danny Baggish is a really interesting all North American clash. And I think um, probably Campbell more so, but if Campbell comes out really well, Mervyn King hasn't been in the best of form of late. Um, and I think Campbell could potentially do a job on, on King in that second round. And I will, even though he is, he is one of my guys from up here in the northeast, I will have to give another honourable mention to Callan Rids, who, and potentially I could be there, um, cause that match, Callan Rids' opening match is on the 21st against Josh Rock or Jose Justicia. So I think a lot of people know who they think Callan Rids is going to be playing his first game. Um, but in terms of having, you know, two potential really tough games on both options, I'm going to stick with, with Rob Cross for that one. Um, he is a, um, again, another one that I don't know how many people will be behind, but, uh, a dark horse for the title. Now, I don't know if you can call this man a dark horse. I'm good at it because of, because of, you know, the last few years and where things are at right today. But my dark horse for the 2023 World Championships is Raymond Van Barneveld. The draw, the section of the draw that he is in, whilst I accept Gerwin Price is in there, I think he's really open. You know, so the other seeds you've got in there, names like Searle, um, James Wade, Daryl Gurney, um, Jose de Souza, the, there isn't a huge depth of people in that side of the draw that are really in form and that have had a really good year and and I think Barney's had a really really good couple of months and I, certainly on the television now he is going to inevitably if he does get through those first couple of games meet up with Gerwin Price but we have seen recently what Raymond van Barneveld can do to Gerwin Price on the television so the dark horse for the title for me is Raymond van Barneveld and that would be amazing wouldn't it um, in terms of the big and all-important prediction, which is who will win this year's World Championships and who they will be in the final, I have tried to be controversial. I've tried to think outside the box. I've tried to do everything other than be as boring as what I'm about to be, in that I predict that Michael Van Gerwen beats Michael Smith in the final. And no matter how many times I look at the draw again and try and work different ways through the brackets, I can't come up with any other suggestion than that. So as boring as it is to pick the favourite, beating the man that often loses in a final, not always anymore though, I do think that this year is the year of the green machine. Michael Van Gerwen beats Michael Smith in the final. I hope you all enjoy it and I can't wait for it to get started. Take care, bye-bye. So Christmas is just around the corner and of course we know that that's the case when the World Championships are in town. Um, a really good and open field um, ahead of us and um, firstly I think looking at who I think will reach the final uh, and who wins, I, I can only really see MVG reaching the final, I think he wins um, but I always like going pricing in 
format like this where it's the longer format because that seems to potentially suit him a little bit more um, so it'd be interesting to see how going price goes but I think MVG gets the job done and sums up a, a pretty decent um, sums up a pretty decent year for him uh, and a uh, a great start to 2023 um, so which first round games am I looking for, forward to most and there's quite a few actually so it took me a while to, to get this ready I'm really looking forward to seeing William O'Connor versus Bo Greaves um, I think there's been a real hype around Bo Greaves recently and I think she'll she'll go quite she'll go quite not quite far but I think she'll do really well that's a tough game for William O'Connor as well you probably didn't want to get either Bo Greaves or Fallon Sherrick really in the first uh in the first round uh, and also Richie Burnett and Adam Gowless that will be a really good game Richie Burnett back on the on the world championship stage so that's another game that I'm really looking forward to in terms of the dark dark horse or an outsider a couple of even on a budget Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The picks I've made, you may not see as dark horses, essentially. Um, I like the look of Barney. I think he's been in really good form. Josh Rock as well could go far, as could Dirk van Dijvenbode. So you may say that these... Those, some of those players aren't dark horses, but in terms of the field, um, those are the three that I, I really like the look of. In terms of the seed that are most at risk in round two, um, Damon Hetter, because he could potentially take on um, Adrian Lewis, so that could be a really a really tough one for the Australian. Daryl Gurney as well, he could be taking on Alan Souter, so that's a tough one for, for, for Gurney. And of course, Jeffrey, uh, not Jeffrey, sorry, um, Jose de Souza, um, who could potentially take on Simon Whitlock. So those could be the three seeds that, that are really under pressure, um, in round two. And most looking forward to has to be up there with Barney. Um, again, Bo Greaves, Fallon Sherrett, those two I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing on the stage. You know, Fallon's taken a bit of, uh, a bit of flat recently. So that'll be an interesting one. Rob Cross as well, who uh, who hit form as we saw in the last couple of weeks. Interesting to see how he does. Uh, he did quite well at the Players' Championship final, so be interesting to see. Um, but I'm really looking forward to it, and I can't wait um, for the for the darting action to get underway on Thursday. 2023 World Dart Championship is almost upon us now, which means Christmas is here too. 96 players are going to battle it out over Christmas and the New Year to take that prestigious title, and I believe it's going to be Michael Van Gerwen's title. I think he beats Michael Smith in the final. Could be a blockbuster showdown. Smith has done really well this year too, getting over the line in the Grand Slam only a couple of weeks ago. I think the seed most in danger in the second round, I'm going to go with James Wade. He plays the winner, Jim Williams and Sebastian Bialecci from round one. Both very, very good players and it could be a dangerous second round tie for James Wade. And I think he's coming in a little bit undercooked. So I fancy one of them to take James Wade out. The player that I'm most looking forward to seeing, 
I'm going to go with Gary Anderson. Always turns up in World Championships. Loves the big occasion. And I think Gando needs a big run this year. So I'm looking forward to seeing him in action. The round one tie that I'm most looking forward to seeing is going to be, has to be Bo Greaves and William O'Connor. I think Bo has done brilliant on the WDF circuit this year. O'Connor's a seasoned professional now at this stage of the Limerick man, but it's going to be a really tricky tie for him in round one. Uh, and the player that I think could spring a surprise, I'm going to go with Chris Doby. Uh, has reached the fourth round in three of the last four years, only losing in the last set to, I think it was Gary Anderson, Glenn Dorrant and Luke Humphreys. So I think Doby, with a quarter of the draw that he's in, could be a real, real uh, outsider for the title. Um, and I'm sure we're all looking forward to just for the World Championships to get on the way at this stage and bring it on. Well, it's that time of year again. We are here. It is the most wonderful time of the year. It's the PDC World Darts Championship. And time for our predictions, which is the bit where we get to make ourselves look a little bit silly every single time and show how little we actually know about darts. First off, I'm going to start up with the finalists, the big one. Who's making it right till the end? Not going to be very original here, I'm going to be honest. I've got MVG against Michael Smith in the final. No, no big upsets for me in this one. Um, I think we're going to see two of the best players in the world reach the very end of this tournament. And I think we see Michael Smith come out on top. So anyone who's seen me on the fallout or anything else knows that big Michael Smith fan, I think, getting over the line finally now. We're going to see him go on and now follow it straight up with a big one. First round, what are we interested to see? Well... I really fancy the all-North American clash. Matt Campbell against Danny Baggish, I think, is going to be the tie of the first round. Um, I think real chance for either of them to make the mark and get themselves through into the next round. I think we'll see a good back and forth that's going to go all the way. After that, who's my dark horse? Who's going to go that little bit further in this tournament than maybe he's predicted and maybe the odds makers think they will? couple of options I could have gone with here. I always like him high for a run at this championship, but the one that I really fancy to do well coming unseeded into the tournament is Alan Souter. Next one, who's at most at risk in round two of the seeded players? Now, for me, I'm not sure anyone else is going to go this way, but I think someone that could be banging trouble with who he could end up playing in this being Robert John Rodriguez I think Dimitri Vandenberg is the one that we could see fall very early in this tournament and not make it past Christmas. And finally, what am I most looking forward to seeing? Looking forward to seeing Gary Anderson back on the stage. We've not seen him for a while. We know how much he loves this tournament. And we're going to see him back up there on this stage, a stage that's going to look a little bit different this year. First time since 2015 that we have a new title sponsor. And it is December, which means just one thing, the World Darts Championship about to get underway. We're about to have that a marathon at Muswell Hill. Let's have a look then at what I think is going to happen over the next 16 days. First off, let's go straight to it, straight to who the victors and who the runner-up could be. And um, This year really has been about the Michaels, hasn't it? MVG getting back to his Imperius best form, or close to his Imperius best form, winning the Premier League match play World Grand Prix, that stunning final of the Players' Championship finals when he got the better of Rob Cross. And at the minute, it's so hard to back against him in any tournament at the minute. So why would the World Championships be any different? And then you look at who he, who he could play in the final. Well, for me, it's got to be another Michael. That's Michael Smith. 
I think them to, I think, just have possibly this collision course to the final. And it'll be interesting to see what happens when you get there. You know, Michael Smith now, who's been to the final twice before, loves the World Championship format. And importantly as well, he's got over the line. He's won that major title at the Grand Slam of darts. Looking elsewhere then, in terms of first round games, I'm, I'm most looking forward to. Um, for me, there, there's there's a number of them, but I think everyone's naturally excited to see how Bo Greaves does on that big stage at the Alexandra Palace. We've seen her do brilliant stuff on the WDF circuit this year. The women's series one she had was absolutely incredible. And so it'll be interesting to see how she takes to the stage at the Alexandra Palace. And then looking at dark horses and outsiders for the title, I wouldn't say this guy's an outsider, but maybe might not be on everyone's lips. And that's Nathan Aspinall. Fantastic run this year. Two finals, one in set players well at the World Grand Prix and a two-time semi-finalist in this competition. I know a lot of people inside the sport are fancying, but he's not one that's getting spoken about as much as perhaps he should have uh, going into this event. And then seed most at risk in round two has to be Jose de Souza. Form-wise, struggling. And he's got potentially Simon Whitlock to face in that second round draw, which for any of the the, the seeded players, he was probably the one they looked at and thought, please avoid him and Josh Rock were the two that he definitely wanted to avoid. And he, he could well run into him in that second round. So I think he's in danger. And that means he's going to have a big 2023 ahead of him because the Grand Slam money will be coming off of his ranking or has come off the ranking. And then all the stuff he did at the start of 2021, that also comes off as well. So it'd be interesting to see. And then just most looking forward to see, I think it'd actually be nice to have uh, Ali Paley this year. That all feel normal for a change as opposed to COVID restrictions we've had the last couple of years. So that's what I'm looking forward to the World Championships. Have you enjoyed There we have it, guys. That was our wonderful team's predictions for the... I almost, almost said the William Hill World Arts Championship then. That's just a force of habit. <laughs> um, the Kazoo World Darts, it just doesn't show, does it? Um, well, just, just, it's just the PDC World Championship. Um, but You know what's coming is- tomorrow as well, don't you? There's absolutely no way setup doesn't start tomorrow, evening at least. I'm at Alexandra Palace on Wednesday. We'll, we'll have a stage pitch up tomorrow. Martin Lee will put it on Twitter tomorrow. It won't be ready tomorrow. I've been to Ali Pali on setup day. The, the things have to get set up before the stage is unreal. The stage is one of the last things to go up in there. Like the lighting, we'll have like Oh, there will be something, yeah. I've got a horrible feeling it's going to be that horrible, manky, grey, green colour. Um. But they are the predictions. Um, you know what comes hand in hand with the World Championship? Because the PDC dropped a little teaser at yesterday with eight boxes on, asking who would you like to see in the Premier League? Now, there's a, there's a, there's a good interview with Webby over on our YouTube channel. So go and have a listen and... I thought he summed it up quite well. That if you're not in the top four, don't whinge. <laughs> um, but 
are we going to see two players join the catch with Paul Nicholson and Rob Cross? In Danny Nopper yes. and Rob Smith. I don't agree, but yes, I think we will. Just just how it feels at the moment. It, it's a huge world championship. I know it's a huge world championship. Anyway, it's the biggest event of the year. But from a Premier League perspective, normally there's only, it says it's it's one spot maybe that we've talked about. But this year is very strange because we've got only eight pits. I know it's the same as last year, but prior to that, it was a few more. But now we're in a position where it's quite an open eight. There's going to be, obviously, your top four in Price, Wright, MVG and Smith unless something huge happens at the World Championships and one of them don't win it. The next four, there will be selections out there that will have players in that we've not got. And there'll be one from five down who misses out. There's going to be a selection out there that doesn't have Humphreys in, that doesn't have Clayton or Cross or Wade Noppy, Smith. It's so open this year that I don't think that... Noppy or Smith will make it in. And I don't know, I don't know how sorry, I don't know how Phil that would justify one over the other one. Unless one of them has a semi final at the world, maybe. Or beyond. Job, what are you saying? Do both miss out and join the catch? I think there's two lists right now. I think there's a, if the Premier League started tomorrow, who are the eight? And in that, I think they both miss out. I think there's a, what happens at the end of the World Championships? And I think, I know I've just backed him to win it, to make the semi, but even still, I just think he goes that little bit deeper than those he's contending with. And I think Danny Noppert forces the PDC's hand. Do we I think, think his world championship performance forces his way in? What what how far do you think they need to their dog for that to happen? I've put him in the semi. I, I think he needs to make that semi. I think he needs to, <coughs> to get further than Gerwin Price. If if he doesn't, and you're looking at quarterfinal, you're also looking at if Peter Wright struggles, there's a chance that Dimitri can pop through that section. You've got Clayton and Aspinall, who are two of the outsiders in the other half of that draw as well. Um, you've got Humphreys in section two. There's a chance that he can go beyond um, Michael Smith, etc. in that part of the draw. Um, <coughs> then that fourth section is an absolute minefield with Van Dijvenboda, Ross Smith, Rob Cross um, within that. So I've looked at it as an eight as it stands. If, if they picked it tomorrow, I think they'd go MVG, Price, Wright, Smith, Humphreys, Aspinall, Cullen, and I think they'd go Dirk Van Dijvenboda. It was between him and Johnny for me, but I just think there's that little bit of entertainment that Dirk brings and, and just trying to keep it that little bit fresh. They've tried to sneak at least one new person into the Premier League every year for the last few years, and I think that would be Dirk. I suppose Luke might be that conversation person as well. I think how it goes is a little bit different. I think it'd be MVG, Price, Wright, Smith, Humphreys. I think those five are guaranteed no matter what because of where they are in the world. 
I think it's Nop at Cullen. And because I'm looking at that part of the draw and how far he can go in a potential quarterfinal clash with a Clayton or an Aspinall, I think that final spot is between Dimitri and Aspinall and whoever wins that quarterfinal. I disagree. I think I think right now six places are done and boxed off. I think the top four as they are, as I think we, we, we all agree, barring someone left field making a world final or whatever, the, the, the top four as they are in MVG, Wright, Price and Michael Smith. I think Humphreys and Aspinall are nailed on. I, I really do. I, I, I think they're, they're in. Um, Matt's, Even if Matt's always said it, some players need to do more, some need to do a little less. I think Aspinall's in the little less category because he tips all the other But boxes. if he goes out earlier than Johnny Clayton in a round where you see Clayton or Vandenberg progress beyond the quarterfinal, say Peter Wright loses, you see... Rob Cross in a quarterfinal minimum, potentially more, and you've got Luke Humphreys and whoever else. Do you, do you still think that's the case? Yeah, I genuinely do. I think the final two spots at the moment, I think, are occupied by Cullen and Clayton. But, and, and there is a button, I think they're the two in danger. I would have, I think Cullen is safer than Johnny right now. If you were putting him in, in order, I think Cullen is seven. Johnny is eight. But I also I think agree Cullen's that I a little think... bit safer than Aspinall because he's made the final last year. Ash made two oh. finals this year. The final, the fi- the main the final, final Premier League. Right. Conversate the competition we're all about, yeah. Yeah, but Jose did that the year before. But they didn't want Jose um, to start with. They wanted Joe Collin in. I, 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 I'm with Phil on the eight in that order, with Cullen above Clayton. My only change is that obviously with my prediction for the World Championships. I've got Rob Cross being in the final. Then it goes down to that conversation around Rob Cross then, because he's in the World Championship final, I think probably that's the eighth spot. It's all around if Rob Cross would take that eighth spot and would replace Johnny. I agree. Look, if, if someone like Cross, Van Dijvenboer or Vandenberg or whatever get to the World Final, then yeah, I, I think they instantly, that, that they go in. But, Looking at, it, I, I just I, I think the one that is potentially tipping his way in is Dirk. Horrible part of the draw. The World Championship draw could not be worse for him. But p- potentially, right? So, just looking at the tour card race at the moment, I know there's. Money to go on this, but at the moment, potentially the world number six, eight, nine are all not being spoken about or in. 
Eight, I can understand. Nine is not being yeah. spoken about because of its tick boxes agenda. In terms of achievements this year and and whatever else, Danny should 100% be in the conversation for me. When Michael Van Gogh has won as many medals as he has this year and, and pretty much swept up the rest of them, those that haven't won, those that have won the others, should more than be in the conversation right now. Look, Ross Smith is a bit of an outsider. He's still world number 17 despite that European Championship win. I'm not sure Ross Smith can produce his A-game often enough in that Premier League this year. And I think that would be detrimental to Ross Smith's game to go into the Premier League, despite the fact he's won a major and that used to be tick a box you're in. I think if it's 10, Moffat's in. I don't, but it's, it's staying at 8 again. So, like, if it was just on darts ability, 100% Danny Moffat should be in. But, and it, and it is a but for the Premier League. I know people don't like it. I can't help but think someone has had a word in his ear, though, because recently we have seen a little bit more emotion. We've seen some celebrations. It's almost as if someone's taken him to one side and said, look, if you don't become a character and don't start giving it some on stage, you're not going to get picked for these invite events. Very, very similar to what we saw from, I want to say, James Wade about 12 months ago. Yeah. When James Wade was giving it a little bit more. It's, yeah. It's no different. It's like the eight. The eight I've said, which I know is the same eight as you, Phil. That's the eight I think it will be. Not the eight. I personally still think Noppy and Rossmith should be in for the achievements of winning. It just makes it more difficult, and I'd hundred percent be on that if it was ten. The eight then makes it more difficult. But if one of them can have a run, a fantastic run, then do so. But I know Webby alluded to it in his interview and. Um, winded as well around, you know, the more winded around the entertainment and they picked as what the Premier League delivers. And unfortunately, Noppy and Ross Smith are not the the most entertaining from a watchable perspective for all fans or the majority of fans, where there's other names that are. And, you know, we've not mentioned someone like Chizzy, who's been in the Premier League a number of times, a, a great run here to potentially put himself in the mix as well. So there is an endurance certainly offers that entertainment with a, a, a full uh, arena you want that dirt water or a lot of people do and you want to see it every week you want to see it down around the country and so sure no, I, I do Phil pull that face what you want but I do. Trees, <laughs> you do that to everybody on a but, Monday night between 8 and 10 <laughs> <laughs> you should never going to give you up <laughs> <laughs> You, um, you would have been you would have been voted on Christmas sons in February, exactly. That's what oh, you'd do. Completely. Yeah. Um, the, the other one on the Premier League. Do they wait until the Masters, or no. do they eliminate a potential headache? Because the last two years they've they gotten away with it in relation to it produced two winners that worked out, but that doesn't go on forever. I my my only way that they made of that this year is if your four semi finalists are 
four of the I, I with you, I think the six are already in. If the quarter finalists are four of those six, then the may go to the Masters. Does I still think there's question marks around who that last place is? That's the only way I think they do. But if someone goes in like a knocky that's to a semi final, like um, Dobbs predicted, if that sort of happens, then I don't see them going to the Masters. But if Pro, if it's a prize rise MVG Smith semi final, I think that's an option. Yeah, um, Andrew, I disagree, mate. I think even if Luke loses second round of the world, he's still in. I, I think he's locked, he's loaded. He is a Premier League debutant in 2023. I think, I, I think he's done 100% done, but. No, no doubt the, the Premier League chit chat will continue across the world. Um, Good. from there, the other, the other part, the other part from it though, Phil. Sorry, just because it's a bit different this year because we've got the World Series starting in January as well. Hopefully, because we're talking about so many names for that potentially seventh and even eighth spot, hopefully, we'll see a, a, a different type of player across the World Series and it won't be the, the same eight devotate across all those events. So hopefully we'll see that mixed up. And I think we made that with the opening ones in January. I think a couple of the big names might be missed. But hopefully that will be the case throughout the year and not just those two. I'm, I'm pretty confident there'll be a couple of fresh names in Bahrain. I think they might be as well, but hopefully they'll see that as a concept and they'll change the concept. I'm not just hinting at the fact that Bahrain um, could be different. <laughs> um, from there, the WDF Masters happened at the weekend. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I didn't see... Oh, Gob's in the next back. It's been a while. Is he done? Oh, he's back. That's the wrong button. The WDF Masters happened at the weekend. Um, I didn't see hardly any of it. I saw the bits on social media. Um, the bits on social media look very, very good. Yeah, I, I, I watched bits of it. I don't know how much you saw that was in bits of it. I thought generally it looked very good. Setup looked good from a player's perspective. It, it seemed like it all run smoothly from a, a streaming perspective when you, you you could watch names. It, it all seemed very good. I had my issue was just with the first day with the group stages that there was very long periods without a dame on the stage. And for me, I was only watching it on one device. So if you flit in between, if there's nothing happening, I ended up watching a lot of it on Darts to Net while they've got a stream because it was just overlooking the venue. But generally, I thought it, it, it went very well and it looked like it was a, a very good competition in both the men's and the women's. Uh, and the youth as well, and into the Open before we had the World Championship qualifiers the weekend. But I guess the, the big story that came out was Bowes won initially on, I want to say Friday, but it could have been Thursday, um, not dropping a lead for the whole day. And on lifting the Masters, she only dropped four leads, which was all in the same day in the semi-final. Um, she was just sensational then and... I don't want to use the World Masters as a preparation for the World Championships, but if it could be a better one for any player, I'm sure Baldreve maximised it and picked up the Masters. Disappointment for in the Open losing the first round, but fantastic weekend for Bal. 
Um, yeah, look, look, she played some some fabulous stuff to win to win the World Masters, sorry, to win my World Masters, and look, it's, it's a fabulous old tournament. I suppose the, the only negatives, and, I, and I'm not nitpicking. I just think they are negatives, and I think this is a a general consensus that the format I don't like it. The, the Masters was all about set play, and it's yeah. a shame those trophies the old famous ones that we see some of the all-time greats of the sport men and women what we have through through the years weren't there but look, they're, they're very very small things but overall the tournament looked very good yeah i was in it in an sort of the tournament that the lack of action on the main stage on the first day yes there was an awful lot of dames and because of the group stages that they're done and meant that i end up seeing more on darts than that i'd rather have watched more on a stream or on a tv um but like says from it from that perspective <laughs> other than that went very well and for um we had our first dutch winner in the men's for i think i saw it was 16 years yeah was it class in the last one i saw it was a busy weekend so we were exhibitions all over the place so i didn't get to see any of it but yeah, I, thought, I think it was Klassen. Klassen or... Was it Michael? I'm sure someone in the chat room will correct me. Um, but yeah, going forward, I just hope they could change the format back. Um, I'm not sure they will, but I, we, we, we can hope. Hopefully. Well, Hopefully, it'll be on TV as well. But, um, but yeah, that was that was very good. Um, the Super Series, Raymond Smith again with perfect preparation for the World Championships, winning in in some style as well. And his finishing is just ridiculous. Yeah, quite. Yeah, no, that was his his asset at the World Championships last year, um, and he showed it again. The first player to have won from Group A in a long time as well, I think. No, Colin Osborne did it this series as well, but they they broken the mold. Before that, there was a long a long long break. Um, yeah, that was, that was good to see. Ben Rob looked sharp as well. Um, Good mix of guys in this week as well. Really, really impressed with with Adam Warner. Um, he definitely wasn't throwing darts like that when he beat me in the quarterfinals of the last university event that we played in together. <laughs> um, and I noticed how his, well, I'll be honest, I wasn't really awake at that time, but I don't think you put his full nickname up because I'm not sure it was allowed on TV. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Fair enough. Um, and then as we were getting ready for tonight's show, this man is spoken about a lot on our on our show. Corey Cadby will be returning to PDC Darts. Um, it was announced that he's going to the European Q School, which I found 
a little bit taken aback after the conversations I had at the weekend with Oceanic players. Um, I didn't see this coming. Did you, boys? I didn't see it coming, but great news. If we're getting back to the form we'd seen previously in the short well, stint that we did. After it was announced, I'm actually quite good friends with Corey. I've kept in touch with him ever since he went back. So I just dropped him a, a note. Hi, mate. Great to see you back. But, and, he, um, and I just asked him, look, how is the game? So I know it's only playing against the computer. You can't read too much into it. But it's very consistent. I have to say that if he can produce that, I think he's going. To, he's coming back. Interesting. Um, and I asked him, is he still using his um, target darts? Yeah. So, because he's actually back home in Tasmania at the moment and has been for for a while, not actually on mainland Australia. Um, and look, Johnny says it there, interesting that he's going to European and not the UK. Look, we don't hide from stuff. Let's, ad let's address the elephant in the room before it gets spoken about. Yes, there is a potential issue getting into the UK if you were just coming over normally. But... My guess is that if he can secure a tour card through the European one, getting into the UK on a sports visa is a lot easier than it is just trying to come over and go to Q school. Would be my guess. I'd probably agree with that. The, the buzz that this announcement has created is massive. Like, I genuinely wasn't expecting this to come. Especially not this soon as well. There have been glimpses that he's back playing a few of the um, DPA events earlier in the year, but that had gone quite a little bit as well. He hasn't really put his name to anything since then. And I am a little bit concerned that this might be a bit too early for him. More match practice. Make sure you're, you're playing physically, going out. Because, look, he's always had an immense amount of bottle and, and self-belief as well, but... In the past, he was on the crest of a wave when he was doing that. He made a splash as World Youth Champion. He picked up his tour card when people were petrified of him at Q School. He then sat in my living room the week later telling Kyle that he should think about winning one of the UK Open qualifiers because Corey's going to do exactly that. And then he hasn't got to worry about the rest of the week. And when he did it on day number four, I've never seen the amount of self-belief in a person that I have in Corey in, in those couple of moments. But... The buzz around this announcement is massive. You do have whatever in the closet right now. And there's just going to be a lot of attention on you as well. And I, I'm not sure that's the best environment to build up. Part of me thinks that might be the decision for Europe as well, as, as well as whatever else. Um, I, I, I'm not sure anymore that European is the easier Q school. I think at the top level, there are more players now that are what I'd call tour card or, or tour players or, or of that level that are going to be at European Q school rather than a UK Q school. It's just that level of consistency below that you can get taken out by account the A player averaging 87 over here, whereas that's less likely to happen in Germany. At the minute, it's getting better. Um, 
yeah, a little bit surprised. Very, very exciting news. Look, if he comes back and plays exactly the, and reaches anywhere near the level that he did previously, the PDC tour just got a hell of a lot more exciting once again. Oh, look, I 100% agree with you. Look, the buzz around this announcement is ridiculous. Look, and we'd said it so often that if he did, if we didn't see him again on TV, it was arguably the biggest waste of a darting talent we had ever seen. Where now, there is genuine excitement because I'm, I'm genuinely convinced that year he got to the final of the UK Open, if he'd have stayed in the country, he would have been in the Premier League the following year. Genuinely convinced of it because of the buzz around him. And and I don't mean this horribly, and I don't want to upset all our, our Aussie, Aussie subscribers, but he is a typical Aussie sportsman. And I mean that in the nicest way, that you see it from the, the old cricketers, um, your Haydens, your Langers. It's chest up. I am giving it to you. And there's something to be admired about that. But also on Q School Gob, I actually think it's an advantage to him as well that he will play in stage one. Because the greatest respect, you would expect him to come through stage one into stage two. And having three days match practice under your belt and then going at it, I think it's a genuine exciting time. Be interesting. Certainly very, very interesting. Obviously, practice over the next few weeks. If he can get somebody in Australia of a decent level to be practicing with for the next couple of weeks, then yeah. Um, and look, it's a media outlet. I shouldn't say this, but avoid media for the next couple of weeks. Get your head down and do your talking after. Because there is going to be clamour for attention and screen time with Corey. Oh, 100%. We're one of them. <laughs> I'm going to stick my hand up straight away and say, yeah, come on, have a chat about it. But if I was its manager, I'd be going, no, you're not doing any of that. Oh, 100%. If he's at Q School, we will have some kind of Cadby horn. Don't worry about that. Hang on. When I said we're getting rid of Barney the other week, you lot all went berserk. Suddenly Corey's no, back we... and you're like, oh, yeah, we'll do it for you. No, we no. said we'd add one. We didn't say we'd remove. Yeah. Grow up. And plus, and, and plus, Barney's not at Q School, so we have to have something there to replace it. I'll only allow it if the music is a didgeridoo and it's just somebody going, good day, mate, over and over again, instead of an actual alarm. No, but look, this, this, I think this is genuinely exciting news for darts fans that that he may not be the same player when he comes back. However, it's going to be bloody exciting to see. Let's be brutally honest. Um, 100%. Right. 100%. A week in darts. What else have we missed? Come on, we're bound to have missed something. Have we? I'm struggling this week. You mean we haven't... 
never missed anything. I mean, we didn't list any of the winners from the WDF, but there was 16 of them, plus God knows how many qualifiers and God knows else what. But I oh, as well. can't remember exactly what. Don Phil. I was going to say, a little bit of bias, but massive congratulations to Shorty Mack. Massive friend of the show. Those signs the players are holding look nice as well. <laughs> um, all I was going to say is I can't remember exactly what it is so I'm searching for it very quickly but one of you two might remember I'm sure there was an ADC update was that last week or was that the week before um, they've upped the prize money for their tour events which again great for the amateur side of the game along with three avenues to get to play at the Super Series um, class and world number one yet he will be world number one heading towards Lakeside when whenever that is um, there's a couple of dates being thrown around long term one is very good short term is a disaster Well, number six by then. Well, it, 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 it's been put on Twitter that the, the, the two dates that have been spoken <coughs> about a lot by people that play within the system is April and December. But whether they come come out or not is another matter. But there, there was a lot of chat during the week. I know. Um, I think Tony Martin put on his Twitter replying to someone that December was being explored. long term that first bit of december is a good idea but in the short term that causes chaos yeah it means they've got to have a a, a two-year ranking system as such i'm from next year because people have qualified for the 2023 one so from the i think it's the dutch opens the first event of the 23 ranking system i might be wrong well, no, that's early. Uh, that's the back end of Jan. Um, it just feels to me that if to do that, then the 24 World Championship will have to be ranting points from 23 and 24. You'd have to do a two-year system to that to to that to that. Uh, no, God, that was last year's rule as well. Because remember, Jim Williams was raging. Yeah. Well, he could have played both. Yeah. That was an allowance, though, from PDC, wasn't it? No, because Jim had won his through the card through the Challenge Tour and his spot of the Worlds. But it was a WDF rule that he couldn't play in both. The, the other five that did then got a tour card. The the interesting part of that, Bob, is those players who have qualified for the WDF who won't play to still play in the PDC. Come December next year, if it is December and not April, that's a WDF rule. And WDF would, World Championship would take place before the PDC, so I'm not sure whether they'd be able to implement it.
get messy. Could get messy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. Question time then. Let's open it up. The last question time of 2022. So make them good. Um, whilst you are getting them in, look, thank you from myself and the whole team for the support you guys have all shown this year. It's been absolutely, in the words of Michael Van Gerwen, phenomenal. Um, one last time, make sure you subscribe and drop us a like as well. Um, we've already started the plans to, to rebrand bits and bobs and and give it a fresh look again and freshen everything up again, which is which is good. Um, we've got a couple of new bits dropping next year as well. So look, it's exciting times. Yeah, always exciting times and. As much as we talked about the World Championships being an important part of the year, the Cadby News has just sort of brought it back to our attention that Q Stall is just round the corner. So as soon as the world is done, it's straight back at it with Q Stall. Oh, there's a, there's no there's no stopping at all. Um. James Beaton has apparently received confirmation from the WDF that the men can play in both World Championships from next year unless they have a tour card, of course. That's interesting. Did that get passed at the AGM then, I wonder? Because it was definitely that's a rule. Literally what I've just, that's literally what I've just sent you. I'm oh, oh, sorry, I didn't read this. I just read the tweet. Bit. You already I read, read the, the bit at the top, didn't you? You already yeah. read Yetz's yeah. bit and not the bit below it where, yeah, yeah. solid yeah. work, Phil. <laughs> yeah, I only read the top bit. <laughs> um. Right, do we think Cadby will win a card? Yes. Boise? Yes. I'm going to say no. I think it's too early. Um, Pigeons on the World Series tour starting in Bahrain. Give me two seconds, buddy. In January. I think it's the wrong time of the year. He's on the phone. Yeah, I do as well. I don't like it. I don't like the timing of it at all. Slap bang in the middle of Q school, isn't it? And you got Copenhagen the week after. Not just because it means I don't get any time off in January whatsoever, um, but also I just uh, I'm not sure what part of the game needs growing at that point. Players need a break. That first couple of weeks is for those that don't have a tour card to try and get a tour card, and that's where the attention is. For me, the the first date in the in the calendar. Should be the Masters. I, I just the positive of it, hopefully, Dobby, is that we'll see, as I alluded to earlier, we'll see a, a different set of names in the World Series events that we yet to see, and that Possibly. it's not a it's not a Premier League type two because that's that's the worst thing for me for the World Series. There needs to be the both invitational. What you don't need to do is invite the same eight players, div or tight. And the odd one or two to the same events for me. It, the World Series needs to be looked at, and maybe it's 
even if it falls into the same criteria as the Prem that you're top four in the world, though, to all events, but then the other four are invitational, but the time be your Premier League players. I get that, but say you're, say you're Johnny Clayham and you don't get picked for the Premier League. But the PDC then turn around and go, actually, yeah, but we are going to send you to Bahrain in the middle of what would be your holiday time. Would you go? Um, well, you'll get an opportunity to have an holiday then in February or March, wouldn't you? I guess so. But at the same time, after going final, then top in your league table, not winning a major this year, granted, being decently placed in the world champ in the order of merit, depending on how the world goes, potentially going to remain in that top eight as well. If you're snubbed for the world for the Premier League as as Johnny Clayton, after you've just done the COVID year, travelled your ass off for the PDC, done everything else throughout and then they go oh yeah you can have Copenhagen at Bahrain or Copenhagen it feels a little bit of a cop-out like if if given Rob Cross's team's response last year from not being in the Premier League if there are a couple in the same position this year because there is only eight there are two or three that feel like they should be in the Premier League uh, that don't get it do you then take that World Series spot and, and play good to the PDC in the hope that they give you another shot later on because we've seen it back by Vady Lewis? Or do we see a bit more player power this year and go, actually, nah, screw you. If you don't think I'm good enough to grow your game in the Premier League 8, then I'm not going to go and do it in Bahrain for two days. I, I think you, you take the option of going to play in Bahrain. I think if you've just been snubbed from the biggest invitational tournament, which is the Premier League, you are on the second sort of steer of invitational, which is the World Series. I don't think you'd turn that down. So if you are, a, I know we're using Johnny's name here, and Johnny could be in the Premier League, but I think if Johnny gets the invite, I think you go and play that, and then you have your rest in February or March, whenever that couple of weeks appears without that Thursday night Premier League. Players that haven't been in the Premier League before, I think, would take the World Series for a year and go out and, and prove a point. A, a Ross Smith would, Ross Smith at this point would snap your hand off for a trip to Bahrain in Copenhagen. I think. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Danny Nopper, perhaps a little so as well. But players that have been in there before, if you snub a, a Clayton or a Cullen who have been to a the players that have committed to the tour more than pretty much anybody else in the last couple of years at all levels. And that's your almost a, a sympathy put in as well as based on what you are, but it, it would feel like a sympathy put in to players that have won the Premier League or topped the group table or been beaten in the final last year. I think that's a different conversation to be had. But with these, you know, it's not, I, we're not talking about a James Wade who's been in there for us years and years we're talking about Cullen who's been in there one year and obviously because it was a great year probably that's forgotten that he's only been in there one year and Johnny Clayton who's only been in there for two once then because it was such a good two years that Clayton's had in there that's why it's probably forgotten about for me they're they're not established Premier League players as we've got with some of the other fields with your Wright, your Price, your MVG, your Michael Smith 
those are the established ones. But for the rest, I, I would still expect them to accept the World Series invite, even though it is terrible timing of January. Just do accept it if it was in June, July. If it was a trip to New York, I'm sure they'd be saying yes to it. And that's also why you'd probably want to take that one in January, because that possibility would open up. I'm not sure. I think I, I agree that to, to some players, yeah, it's they would do it. But I think to, to others, it'd be like, no, I'm not doing it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm going to ask the chat room a question. What do you want from us in 2023? More Barney alarms. We've got a couple of ideas. We've got a couple of he's got to win more then, hasn't he? We've got a couple of ideas of, of what we want to provide next year. Mm. Boy, is it to shave his beard? No, that's that's part of the furniture. <laughs> that's almost as important as Phil's washing machine. <laughs> Same room is on the cards, potentially. Yeah. The 100 show is coming up. That's all we're saying. What are we on now? I should have looked at 97. 97. So World Review is 98. Q score review is 99, and the one after that is the big 100. And we, we have started throwing some ideas around. Which will be good. Um, Peter, more focus on international tours. We love you guys over in over the pond, mate. Um the first bit of media we did with you guys this year was good. Hopefully, we can um we can do it for more 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 of your events in twenty three. It was good. We'll go on a trip to the Asian tour if you like like and subscribe to the channel because that's what pays for a trip to the Asian tour. <laughs> yeah. Good to hear, my friend. Good to hear. Um, more guest appearances yeah that's something we can um, we can look at the, the, the problem is is to get more guests on we're probably going to have to change software because dark players aren't the best with technology are they boys no <laughs> some are better than others yeah some are not too bad um, as we've seen some are, some yeah, are we'd make my wife look like the national security system. Yeah, some might um, some might double up though, and that's why we don't we don't do it very often. About a few I mean, I could just pull my jumper down a bit if you prefer that, Birdie. About as close as you can get. 
from PDC TV, mate, because it's copyright material and we'd lose the channel. However, there may be some potential good news of us adding quite a good bit, I'd say, to the Pro Tour strings if it comes off. Yeah. You just realised what's happening. You, you, you definitely know about this. I think so. I mean, I'm not sure how it works logistically, but yeah, it's being talked about. I, yeah. Um, Nico says, hi, guys. Um, oh, Melly, who do you think would have the better career, Humphreys or Rock? Oof. That's a tough one. Right, right now, right now, I would say Luton Humphreys, just because we've seen levels that Luton Humphreys can consistently deliver. However, Josh Rock is very new, very raw. One to answer in probably a year's time when Josh had another year on the tour. Yeah. I've had a couple of private messages, and one of them was a was a pop world exhibition. Um, logistically, how could we do a pop world exhibition? But I, I I like the idea of it. Just just keep Henry away from the microphone, and we'll be fine. I don't know if he's watching or not, but some of the no, videos from last night, Christmas <laughs> do, were, um, yeah. Um, I'm sure you'll see Boise in a very popular trilogy nightclub in July again. <laughs> yeah, there's a strong chance. <laughs> maybe, we've started, maybe we've started delving into the world of nightclubs, who knows? Who would have thought that was possible 12 months ago? So. Uh, uh, how are we doing, Matt? Hope you are good. Uh, more Chris Mason. Uh, there's a extended Chris Mason chat dropping tomorrow. Anyone, um, anyone think that was scripted? Uh, but yeah, no, Mason drops tomorrow. Always a pleasure to have him on. Also recording something with Matt and Glenn individually tomorrow. Planning ahead, boys. You'll like this. Because we don't want to let you guys ban, we're going to do something with them for Christmas Eve special. So you've got some content on Christmas Eve. Did you say the word planning? Phil Bars and planning. See? Good at night. I've actually bought a 2023 diary as well. I'm just thinking those two are more. Nah, sorry. You just didn't use it. 
Um, but uh, look, between now and Thursday, there is plenty of content dropping on the channel. Maybe a bit of a content overload. Um, but it's all good. Um, lots and lots coming up on the channel. And of course, we will have you covered at the World Championships every step of the way. We will be there every session bringing you the goss and what is happening at the Palace. The fallout bar will return. Fair. Um, you should stream. The, the only problem is, Bob, we're all at the seniors. I am the seniors. Speaking <laughs> <laughs> um, of, there is news coming from the seniors in the next couple of days, I promise. I'm literally just waiting for one graphic to be updated, and then there is big news from the seniors coming. Ish. Can I just say it now? Because I know. No. <laughs> Have you sent the images up? I've been waiting on you. I've sent the images. Right. Snap someone else. They were sent last week. The, the, the images that I weren't asked for originally, those ones, yeah? Sure. But yeah, they <laughs> News is coming. News is um, on the way. Help is on the way, dear. Oh, I bet Mrs. Doubtfire. I love that. Um, yeah, but... First of all, everyone, I want to thank, again, thank you all for your continued support in 2022. It has genuinely been amazing. I know he's in the chat room, um, but who'd have thought that when we had that conversation in my living room about doing some kind of live show that we'd be approaching 100 episodes um, with, obviously... Gob, Jar, Boyce, and, and myself. Who, who'd have ever thought we'd have got to got to this? More to the point, the fact we haven't oh, been cancelled yet. For, for... <laughs> you haven't been cancelled yet. What did you look at yet? me when you said that yeah, for? Just... <laughs> You're the one that swears most of all. Well, you shouldn't be such a stupid twat then, should you? Hey! <laughs> <laughs> stupid. Actually, the one that nearly got us cancelled the most was you, Philip. <laughs> yes, it was you, Philip. Yeah. Views were good. Views were good, though, weren't they? You're an idiot. End the show. Thanks for watching, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, no, again, thank you very, very much for the support. If you haven't yet, you know what to do. Like and subscribe. Um, but before we do that, just for boys, it's been a it's been it's been a hell of a ride in 2022. Remember, get on that Wonderwall. <laughs> no. Oh, End the on, show. Come on, boys, don't look back in anger. I've wore a Christmas shirt. Be happy and move on. <laughs> uh, no, and to no, all the people who no. said to all the all the people who said new presenter for 2023 trust me me and Dob are working on it right now don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but, um, like, like we say thank you for your continued support we've got you covered across all of the world championships it's going to be good 
it's going to be exciting, boys, and we genuinely can't wait, can we? We cannot. That's what you said. Um, so, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, have a great time with loved ones, family, Happy Dartmouth. We are Online Darts, and we will see you all at Alexandra Palace for the biggest showpiece in our sport. Good night, everyone. Us, signing off. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.